to this podcast from Cabernet Kirk for Sunday the 13th of December, the third Sunday of Advent. Our reading for today is from the Gospel of John, chapter 1, reading from verses 6 to 8, and then verses 19 to 28. Let's listen for the word of God. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. This is the testimony given by John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny it, but confessed, I am not the Messiah. And they asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, No. Then they said to him, Who are you? Let us have an answer for those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of the one crying out in the wilderness, Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Now they've been sent from the Pharisees. They asked him, Why then are you baptising if you are neither the Messiah, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? John answered them, I baptise with water. Among you stands one whom you do not know, the one who is coming after me. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandal. This took place in Bethany, across the Jordan, where John was baptising. Amen. And may God add his blessing to this reading of his holy word. A Scottish farmer didn't believe in the Christmas story. The idea that God would become a man was just totally absurd to him. His wife, however, was a devout Christian, and she'd raised their children as Christians also. The farmer would sometimes mock her and give her a hard time about her faith. In particular, he couldn't believe that God would want to come into this world as a little baby boy born in Bethlehem over 2,000 years ago. It's nonsense, he said. Why should God lower himself to become a man like us? It was one Sunday just before Christmas his wife took the children to church while the farmer relaxed at home in front of a blazing fire. And suddenly the weather, being Scotland, took a turn for the worse, deteriorating into a blinding snowstorm driven by a freezing north wind. Suddenly he had a thump on the window, followed by another. When he went to investigate he found a flock of grey geese disoriented by the storm in his farmyard. The farmer had compassion on them, and he wanted to help and realised they needed to get out of the storm and into the shelter of his barn. He opened the barn doors and he hung up a lamp, but they wouldn't go in. He laid out a trail of bread into the barn, but still they wouldn't go in. He tried to shoo them in, but to no avail. Nothing he could do would get them out of the storm into his nice, warm barn. Utterly frustrated, he cried out loud, Why can't you fools just follow me in? Can't you see I'm trying to help you and to give you shelter? Then, getting more frustrated, he thought, I wish I could communicate with them. If only I could become more like one of them, I could show them the way to go in, and then I could save them. And he suddenly stopped. He remembered where his family was, and what he had learned in Sunday school. 
and at last he understood why God had to become a man. And as he bowed his head and he thanked God for becoming a man, and then he looked up, and to his amazement he saw the grey geese going into his barn with a white goose who was leading them. My thanks go to John Wright for borrowing this story. If you, like that Scottish farmer, ever wondered why God became a man, an event that we celebrate each Christmas time, I always think this white goose story sums it up excellently. And the lectionary this week takes us to the start of John's Gospel. And after the opening passage about the word becoming flesh, we find our reading. In John's Gospel, John, Jesus' cousin, is simply John. No, the Baptist at the end of his name. And for the Gospel writer, that is deliberate. The writer wants to make it quite clear that John's primary function is not to stand in the River Jordan baptising people. Instead, his primary function is to witness to Jesus. Which is why, in this Gospel, we don't read of John baptising Jesus. John is not the light, we are told. He came to testify to the light. When we pick up his tale a few verses later, John himself says as much. John, we're told, is asked who he is and chooses to answer that question in relation to the one he bears witness to. He says, I am not the Messiah. I'm not Elijah. I'm not a prophet. I do, though, echo scripture and I point to the light. And here's the amazing thing about God. God's Son is sent into the midst of humanity to redeem and to restore the world. And God relies on a human being to signpost that fact. John does so, however, acutely aware of his own limitations. I baptise with water, John says. Among you stands one whom you do not know, the one who is coming after me. I'm not worthy to untie the thong of his sandal. The fourth Gospel account of who John is and what he's about gives us the opportunity to think about identity and to consider who we each are in relation to Christ. I believe it also challenges us to do as John did and to use every opportunity to point to the light that dispels every darkness, especially perhaps at Christmas in a 2020 which has dimmed the lives of so many. And I find myself drawn to identify where pinpricks of light exist in the current climate and which encourage me to look for them and point them if I can. After a year which has been like no other we can remember there now appears to be a pinprick of light with the vaccine and the promise of others to come. But the pandemic has had and is having still detrimental effects on the mental health of every age group. As Christians who hold on to hope even in the darkest shadowy valleys, where can we point in order to help people to find the anchor and the security they need? A security which will lead to the finding comfort and strength and peace and joy. A peace and joy which goes beyond and will last longer than the tinsel and the lights on the trees. The good news of the coming Christ talks far more to the life that is beyond the things so many are tempted to hold on to and set store by. This is a year for talking about relationships as being among the greatest gifts that we can receive, the gifts of family relationships and friendships, 
which perhaps we've taken too much for granted in the past, and more especially the gift of being loved into a relationship with God in Christ. I can't emphasise enough the light that comes from spending time with God, its ability to rebalance our lives and give it meaning and purpose. Shopping has been problematic this year with a small window of time where the bigger cities are coming out of level four and shops are reopening. But could this be a year for rejoicing in what we already have rather than what we hope to get? With the understanding that as we rejoice and give thanks and as we count our blessings, we have the privilege and responsibility of sharing God's goodness with those who have so much less. How can we spread the light in these times that are so dark for so many in our communities and in the far wider world around us? Can we expand our Christmas vision, a vision to light up the whole world in every corner? One thing is clear from the Bible passages for today, and that is we are not passengers when it comes to God's mission in the world. Christ came for us, to work with us, and through us. How do we plan to share in the vision God has for our community, our nation and our world, knowing of course that God goes before and behind and above us too? So I leave you with that challenge from John's Gospel. Are we prepared to let God work in us and through us to fulfil God's vision for the world? Amen. Let's now join our hearts in prayer. Creator God, we thank you for your Son, the light of the world. We thank you too for those in every generation who have faithfully pointed to him and to have spread his light even in the darkest times. Lord Jesus, may we find the courage to point to the hope and comfort and peace which you offer, especially in times of difficulty and sorrow. May we witness to your love and your goodness your presence and your compassion. And thank you, thank you for the family of your people meeting throughout the world this day, both physically and online, all of us gathered, only too aware of our faults and our limitations, but knowing too that you, Lord Jesus, can take the tiniest spark and fan it into a raging fire. Give us the courage and the desire to seek to serve you as best we can, and in that service may we reflect the life you lived. We offer you our prayers for those who struggle with this season. We think of the bereaved, of those who cannot afford to celebrate as they might want. We think of those with no one to share a table, those who will be alone at Christmas, and of those for whom childlessness as accentuated at this time. Lord God, you understand and share tears and silences, disappointments and regrets. Bring your comfort, fill with your strength and grant all your peace. We pray too for places in the world where conflict and violence are rife, for places where nature has been harsh 
and we have been thoughtless in caring for your creation. Give us greater concern for one another and an even greater willingness to do whatever we can for each other and for the world itself. So may we work with you, Lord God, to make this world the world you intended it to be, a world where people care and love and laugh, a world where justice reigns and peace is evident and where all know that they belong. These prayers, along with our gratitude for the birth of your Son, we offer you in his name and for his sake. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen. Please do join with me again next Sunday, the 20th of December, when we'll meet for Advent 4. And now comfort, joy and peace be yours. Know how blessed you are and go to be that blessing to all around you. May God Almighty hold you and all whom you love in the palm of his hand. And now may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all this day and forevermore. Amen.